I'm writing this on March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, and it occurred to me this morning that the salvation of the world began with the announcement of the angel to Mary. That's what we call the angelic salutation. That's what the Hail Mary prayer is based on. In fact, that's what it used to be called, the angelic salutation. There's a legend that says that St. Dominic was struggling with convincing people to believe and return to the church and was getting nowhere. And so he complained to Mary and she said that when God was getting ready to save the world, he sent his angel to begin preparing the soil with the rain of the angelic salutation. She said to St. Dominic, before you go into doing any work, be sure that you first prepare the soil with the words of the angelic salutation. And that is how the devotion to the rosary began. That's what the rosary is, preparing the soil with the words of the angelic salutation. So this morning, on the Feast of the Annunciation, as I reflected on how God began to prepare the world for salvation with the angelic salutation, I thought that maybe it is those same words that will help us prepare for the beginning of the end of this pandemic. So, distracted or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you believe it or not, pray the Hail Mary. Pray the Rosary if you can. Let's water the soil to prepare it for salvation. Let's help prepare for the beginning of the end of this pandemic with the words of the angelic salutation. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and I'm here all by myself. This is our self-isolation, social distancing edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Um, Billy's not here, but he did pre-record a segment, so he will be joining us later on in the program, a little later to talk about confession. Um, this is a time when people are feeling deprived of the sacraments. And even though technically you should still be able to phone your priest, make an appointment and go to confession, as long as you keep as long as you keep safe distance, I guess, a lot of people feel that they can't go. I mean, certainly they can't just drop in. And even for the plenary indulgences that have been granted for those who are sick and those who care for them, um, and the ones that the Pope uh, granted yesterday during the, his Urbi at Orbi blessing, um, it is acknowledged that people may not be able to go to confession, and for the indulgence to be granted, they should try and go as soon as they can, but they don't have to, of course, if they can't. Anyway, Billy has a question about confession in the time of COVID-19. So that's going to be, uh, I don't know, in about 10 minutes. And then today we decided to not bother Matteo, who's still hunkered down at home in Rome. Um, there are news to report, although by now I presume that all of you know about the Pope's invitation for Christians all over the world to join um, him in praying the Lord's Prayer at noon. That was on Wednesday, March 25th, on the fe Feast of the Annunciation. Um, we at Salt and Light Media each one from our own home, joined the Holy Father. Um, well, we didn't do it at the same time because uh, because of the time difference, but we did it at noon Eastern time. Um, and I hope that you did it as well. And if you didn't, it's never a bad time to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Um, and then we, because on Wednesday was the Feast of the Annunciation, we stayed and prayed the Joyful Mysteries of the Rosary. And it was really good. A ton of people prayed with us live on Facebook, and we were happy to be joined by two of Sister Marie Paul's sisters from the Daughters of St. Paul, Sister Carly and Sister Amanda. Um, so, sisters, if you're listening, thank you so much for helping us lead prayer, Sister Carly and Sister Amanda. 
Um, we should certainly do more with the Daughters of St. Paul. Don't you love them? Um, the um, the other piece of news from Rome is that is what I had just mentioned that uh, yesterday on Friday, March 27th, the Pope went outside to the steps of St. Peter's Basilica in front of an empty square and led the world in a moment of prayer, scripture, and adoration. And then he gave us the Urbi et Orbi blessing. That's that special to the city and to the world blessing um, that he gives only at Easter um, and, Crispa, and Christmas. Um, and with that blessing, he granted a plenary indulgence. And you can find all that information on our website, saltandlighttv.org. Um, I hope you had the chance to be part of that broadcast to watch it. Um, so anyway, all that to say that we're not going to bother Mateo today. Um, instead, we're going to go to Bethlehem and hear how this virus is affecting the people in the Holy Land. We don't hear about how this virus is affecting a lot of places in the world um, our news today um, is going to be with Michelle Burke Bow. She's the president of the Holy Family Hospital Foundation of Bethlehem. Um, so that's going to be in about three or four minutes. And then Emily, who is working from home, had a chance to speak with Toronto's Archbishop uh, Cardinal Thomas Collins. He speaks to her about this crisis and why it's important to close churches. Um, and what that all means to us. A lot of people are upset about that. In fact, I heard from someone on Instagram after last week's show thanking me for talking about mass cancellations. Um, she said that she was really angry and that after she heard me, she felt so much better. So I think that we will all feel better once we hear from Cardinal Collins. And that's going to be just after Church for Dummies in about 20 minutes. Um, and then... In our second half hour, we're going to be speaking about the new Fatima movie. Yes, in, in case you hadn't heard, there is a new film that tells the Fatima story. Um, and uh, we know who the screenwriter is. It's Barbara Nicolosi. She's the founder of the Act One Writers Program in Hollywood. That's where I, in fact, met her. Um, she's no longer with Act One, but she's still writing and clearly doing well because her script... Uh, was made into the film. So in about half an hour, we're going to be speaking with Barbara Nicolosi, screenwriter of the new Fatima film. You don't want to miss that conversation. And then to end the show, we will be reconnecting with Lee Ressler. Lee um, was first on our program last June. Um, Lee has been around for like 25 years doing music ministry. But now he has a new album, Write My Story. So we're going to be speaking with Lee in about 40 minutes. So you certainly don't want to miss that. If you do, remember that all our programs are found at saltandlighttv.org. And you can also get the program as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So um, there's no excuse for missing the program. Um, and we want you to share your thoughts with us. Um, tell me how you're doing with this self-isolation or if you're in quarantine, uh, maybe there's someone in your family that's sick. Maybe you've had to close your business or you've been laid off. You don't, you're, you're not able to work. Um, tell me how you're feeling. How are you feeling about the fact that you can't go to Mass on, on Sunday and you have not I have not received the Eucharist in uh, two weeks? So how, how has this experience helped your Lenten experience this year? Write to me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org, P-E-D-R-O at saltandlighttv.org, or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at Deacon Pedro GM, really easily, Deacon Pedro GM. Um, just search for Deacon Pedro, you'll find me. So anyway, you ready? Sit back, relax. 
Um, here we go. We have a great show today. The uh, Salt and Light Hour Self-Isolation Social Distancing Edition. Um, let's start with a song because it's always good to listen to music while we're self-isolating. Here's Lee Ressler with So Amazing from his new album, Write My Story. Nothing measures up to you. You're greater than anything I'll ever do. I can't believe you came into this world knowing that I needed you. Your love is deeper than the sea. Your mercy stretches further than what I can see. How did you agree? Knowing all along you would be saving me You're amazing So amazing But amazing Could never compare to you was Lee Ressler with So Amazing from his new album, Write My Story. And we're going to be speaking with Lee Ressler at the end of the program. And in about five minutes, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But first, I'm sure that you're aware that COVID-19 has reached every part of the world, but maybe you're not hearing news about everywhere. The coronavirus has found its way everywhere, and that includes the Holy Land, and in particular the town of Bethlehem, which has been in a total shutdown and geographic isolation since the 5th of March. Needless to say, this is greatly affecting those who live there, and that includes the Holy Family Hospital, a specialized maternity and neonatal critical care center, in fact the only one in the whole region. Michelle Burke-Bow is the president of the Holy Family Hospital Foundation, um, and she joins us now from Washington. Michelle, thanks for uh, coming on the show to tell us a little bit about what's happening in Bethlehem. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, I left Bethlehem on March 6th. I wondered if you day, had been there. Yeah. It was the day after um, COVID was found to be um, in Bethlehem and everything got locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I was the last person out of Bethlehem before the uh, walls all came down, blocking any uh, transport in or out of the city. Right. And businesses shuttered within no time at all. And now the only things that are open are 
bakeries, grocery stores, and pharmacies. Right. Now, just so, so the people, sorry to interrupt, but just so the people understand, Bethlehem is not the easiest place to get in and out of in, in, in normal circumstances, correct? Absolutely. This is um, now quarantine on top of occupation, military right. occupation. Right. So it's um, doubly difficult for those who live there in the Holy Land in Bethlehem and Palestine. So it means that nobody is going into the Bethlehem area, or is it the whole West Bank that, that there's that It's there's the whole lockdown? southern West Bank, okay. and now it's the entire West Bank. Um, a few days ago, the government of Israel um, gave the option of Palestinians who live um, behind the wall in the West Bank. Right to be able to continue working in Israel if they were able to secure places to live within Israel proper. Okay, so they're not, not, so so that, they're not going back and forth. Yeah, no transportation back and forth right. um, to try to contain the spread of this coronavirus. Now, are there a lot of cases in the West Bank or in the Bethlehem area? Um, Bethlehem is kind of the epicenter of it. It was okay. um, some Greek tourists that unknowingly brought it in, and it course it spread to hotel workers and whatnot right, from course. there um i think yesterday there were 59 cases um in the west bank two cases in gaza um and the cases are mostly centered in bethlehem and right. um some in Ramallah. Right, and of course Bethlehem is a, is a town that relies on the tourism industry. Um, but I want to talk about the Absolutely. hospital because I, I imagine how is this affecting the hospital, which has to stay open, I presume. Yes, maybe it's Maybe it's even getting more traffic as people are not quite sure where to go if they have a sick child. Well, Holy Family Hospital normally delivers 4,800 babies. It delivers every high-risk pregnancy. It's the only hospital in the region that can deliver and care for a baby um, whose um, mother is in distress or a premature baby maybe weighing as small as one pound. Mm -hmm. So our hospital has to stay open, which is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the schools are closed, and of course, you know, we have plenty of um, female employees. Yes. So everybody's been scrambling to... um, find people to help take care of family members, to take care of their children. Right. Um, We are not receiving patients from the south. Normally we get patients from places like Hebron, and because of the road closures, Mm -hmm. um, that's no longer possible. Um, Bethlehem is the poorest government in Palestine after Gaza. Really? And so even though it is um, a Christian government with... um, lots of tourism and whatnot, the rate of unemployment is quite high. So the hospital now is taking care of only patients from the Bethlehem region. Mm -hmm. And because of the closures and shutdowns, I estimate only 10% of the people are receiving salaries, Mm -hmm. which means the normal 50% of services that we ask our patients to pay if they can um, is not even possible. Right. People are worried about buying milk and bread for their children, and um, patients who a month ago would have been able to have um, contributed something toward their health care are not able. Right. Now, I know the hospital struggles, again, in, in normal circumstances because they have a lot of employees. They support a lot of families in, in, in the area that, that, that work at the hospital. So this must be very, very, very difficult. 
it's um it's it's even more difficult than it was say under the intifada because of um mm-hmm. some recent um budget cuts from some nations and from the embargo of funds from the United States to Palestine there aren't the safety nets that have been there in the past mm-hmm. and i know that the um you know the palestinian government is scrambling to um to see what they can do to make sure that you know people have the basic necessities of um, food and water, um, but the um, the the times are really um, mm-hmm. as, as bad as I've ever heard. I'm, I'm in contact with them, you know, different people three or four times during the day, right. and Palestinians are very hospitable people. They're yes. helping their neighbors, they're helping their families, but the situation is growing a little mm-hmm. more dire by the day. I know. So can people help? I know people here are struggling, but uh, if they want to and are able to, can they? is it easy to go to the website and, and send you some support? Yes, we would be so grateful. Our website is birthplaceofhope.org. Mm-hmm. That's birthplaceofhope.org. And you can make a donation there that would um, really help a mother be able to deliver a baby at the hospital and for us to continue to care for the 18 babies that are in our neonatal intensive care unit. Um, plus, there's some great stories of yes. um, happiness and joy that you can look at on yes. the website and a great video as well. Yeah, for sure. I was going to direct people to that site because there are lots of really good stories. Certainly, it is the birthplace of hope. Michelle, that's all the time we have, but um, thank you for, for coming on and tell us a little bit about this region that nobody, it's totally not in the news. Um, but we can't forget, especially uh, because there's so many Christians in the Holy Land um, and Bethlehem is the birthplace of Jesus. So uh, uh, hopefully some of our listeners are able to uh, go and help. Thank you, Michelle. Well, thank you for sharing the good news of Bethlehem. God Amen. bless you. Amen. Stay safe, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. That was Michelle burke Bow. She's the president of the Holy Family Hospital Foundation of Bethlehem. And you can learn more about the hospital and how to support at the website birthplaceofhope.org. I'm going to put the little video on our site so you can find it easily at saltandlighttv.org. Coming up is Billy Chan with a question about confession in the time of COVID. So don't go anywhere. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Connor Flanagan, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you log in and give us a good review when you take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. Okay, so, you know, the, the question is again about COVID-19. COVID-19 continues. Yes, okay. continues. The reason is this, because of, again, you know, a lot of church churches basically... Um, uh, uh, close yeah you know still closing yes and also um uh, I, I saw a picture uh-huh. very fascinating picture okay. there, there was a priest um uh hosting a drive-through confession oh yes i saw <laughs> that as well that? yes it was fascinating yes. it was yes. very, very creative good. yes yes uh but the worst thing is you need to yell out your sin so but anyway <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah well it depends yeah. how far from the car he was <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but the, the question is this you know why the church still at this moment, I think maybe only this moment, why can't they accept 
uh, phone confessions or Skype okay. yes. or, you know, all the technological things. very thing. good question. Very uh, good question. And, and it's a question that a lot of people have been asking. Biggie can uh, save people the People have asked me too. Yeah. Um, even I remember... Uh, 30 years ago, my sister was asking a priest who she wrote letters with. He was in Spain. She was oh, in Panama. Wow. And one time she said to him, can I not just write you my confession? And of course, the answer is no. no. Um, and it still is no. The, the reason is that sacraments have to be celebrated in person. Okay. Uh, we believe when we talk about the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, we talk about the presence Okay, so can you imagine receiving the Eucharist if you're not in person? It's impossible, right? So Christ is present because he's physically present and we have to be present too for that, for that. Okay, so last week we were talking about watching mass on TV. That's something that we can do, but it's actually not participating in a real mass. It's not that doesn't count. So with the art of spiritual communion, it's not exactly the same as communion. No, it's it's not. It's not. It's not a sacrament. Okay. Oh, it's not a sacrament. Okay. Right. So you can say that with, you know, it's like, can a married couple get married if he's in Puerto Rico and she is in uh, Vietnam and they do it over Skype? No, 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 they can't. Right. Can they consummate the marriage? Obviously not because they have to be present to each other. Okay, so that's a sacrament. Mm -hmm. So um, now with all the sacraments and this is where confession is different with all the sacraments, you know how you need to have matter. Uh-huh. Okay, so the bread and the wine are the physical matter. Yeah. The oils are the physical matter. Yes. The couple, the married couple, they uh-huh. are the physical matter that makes the sacrament. So so if I'm going to anoint someone, I can't anoint them over the phone because I need to put the oil on them. I can't confirm oh. someone over the phone because I have to put oil, you know, same with ordinance. So those require the physical, right. Now with the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, the physical matter are the sins being expressed out loud and the and the person. I so see. that's where I think it gets a little confusing because you say, well, I can, I, I can express my sins out loud over yeah. the phone. Okay. Now I've heard an argument that says that even though you do it over the phone and the sin is being expressed out loud, it's still not present. It's still not 100% present. As an IT guy, I would say digital and analog is different. <laughs> no, but even that, even Skype, um, WhatsApp video, all those FaceTime, yeah. all those things, you're not, you're, you're there, but you're not entirely there. My voice is there. Mm-hmm. My, my, my voice has been trans, you know, transcoded and you can hear it on the other side. Um, you can see a picture of me, but I'm not really there. So that would make the sacrament in, invalid. So I, do, I don't know if that's something that the church is going to change. I think that that's very practical, that in order to celebrate the sacrament, you have to be present. So the key word is physical. Present. Physical presence. Now, mm. that doesn't mean that you can't call your priest if you can't see the priest and maybe have a conversation with the priest. The priest maybe can give you a blessing mm-hmm. um, over the phone, maybe can give you still words of affirmation. And then as soon as you can go to confession in, phys- in physical person, person, then you can go to confession and, that, and that's and that's fine. I see, I see. Yeah. So anyway, you know, in this land, it's very important to do confession as well. It is very important. So if possible, you know, to find a priest. Find a priest. And and as far as I know, a lot of churches are, are sorry, a lot of ev- events in churches, liturgies are canceled, but the churches are open and you should be able to go to confession. Some parishes are saying just call ahead so that the priest knows. You might not yeah. be able to go into the confessional, but you might be able to keep sit somewhere, keep a distance. 
a meter is not that far away. It's uh -huh. still close enough so that you're far away from other people so nobody can hear, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> which might be the case with phone lines too. Some people might be hearing your yeah. confession or, uh, or might be recording it um, and still go to confession uh, even though you might not be able to go to Mass. Thank you for the answer. You're very welcome. Billy Chan, he's the webmaster at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at Chan. Hi everyone, I'm Corey Murray, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to find me, but you can still reach me the good old-fashioned way by email. Pedro at saltandlighttv.org. Now, it's safe to say that in most places now, churches are closed, masses are canceled, people are struggling to understand how the church can best respond to this crisis Earlier this week, Emily Callan had the chance to speak with Toronto's Archbishop, Cardinal Thomas Collins. And here is part of that conversation. This is, a, this is truly a penitential sacrifice, and uh, you know, to the Lord for those who are suffering, but it, it cannot be done physically now because of our love and our people. So 
until we get to this, truly, again, if we pray, we are very diligent in some of these other things that we summarize in later. In terms of the Holy Eucharist, um, we, I, we can make an act of spiritual communion. In fact, at the, every, um, every morning, 7.30 in the morning, I am celebrating the Holy Eucharist in the cathedral of St. Michael's. And today I, I looked at our website and I thought, well, we have a spiritual communion prayer from St. Alphonsus the Lord. And so I, um, I simply mentioned that. Then I read it out before I designated in the name of the Holy Saint for the people of the diocese receive sacramental communion. So what we're going to do is, during that, by exchanging the mass, I think we'll be probably in the program of Father Mark and Sisterhood at that moment when I am receiving sacramentally to read out the prayer um, so that everyone's joining in. And it's not an interruption. And the Bible being mass is not the same as going to the mass, but it is the best we can do right now. And it is a very beautiful tradition. So we can make a spiritual communion. And so what I, I would suggest is where, wherever we are, as best we can. Focus in prayer. Focus in prayer and adoration. Uh, this is just a thought. Maybe to turn towards wherever your parish church is from your home and then spend the make the holy hour of adoration towards thinking of praying towards the tabernacle, the church of the tabernacle. Until that That was part of a conversation that Emily Callan had earlier this week with Cardinal Thomas Collins, Archbishop of Toronto. To watch the whole interview, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org. Emily Callan is the producer of This Place. You can watch that program at saltandlighttv.org slash thisplace. And you can follow Emily's adventures on Twitter at Emily Callan and Instagram at emily.callan. Coming up in our second half hour, the new Fatima film, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Lee Ressler, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm pretty sure that most of you are familiar with the story of the apparitions at Fatima, Portugal. In 1917, Mary appeared to three shepherd children over a period of six months. There's been a few films made on the Fatima story, and this year there is a new one. And I'm very excited about this film. It stars Harvey Keitel and Sonia Braga and Joaquim de Almeida. Um, the trailer looks amazing, and I'm even more excited because the screenwriter is Dr. Barbara Nicolosi. And so to tell us more, I'm now joined by Dr. Barbara Nicolosi. Um, Barbara, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a few years. It has been. I was trying to think. You were <laughs> you were still living in, in L.A. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's been a few Fatima films, three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, why why do we need another one? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, the Warner Brothers movie, which the uh, is the kind of famous one from the 50s, which they, yeah. they made you know, a ton of money on, um, it it was more a kind of a general family, uh, you know, film for children, you know, very kind of a sentimental. It was on that whole wave of movies that were made about the Bible or yeah. spiritual topics, you know, like the robe and things like that. And they were yes. they weren't particularly profound, um, but you know, nice. Um, <laughs> I think the pick of that lot was, uh, and in fact, a completely different caliber movie was the Song of Bernadette. You know uh-huh. that yes. that was a very profound 
you know, kind of grown-up movie. About the Lourdes apparition. Right, yes. about Lourdes, yeah. But so there was that one. And then 13th Day was a lovely little mm, project, uh, mm. but it it um, it was small. They just didn't have the budget. You that know? was a so, documentary? Was that a film or a documentary? It was a film, yeah, um, okay. but, you know, it was um, it was a very, you know, kind of small budget, and, mm-hmm. and they didn't really get... Uh, get it out there that much, you know, but, you know, in Catholic circles, it got some play. Yes. Uh, but there really was a need to do a more, a mainstream kind of real budget mm-hmm. uh, movie uh, to tell the story of Fatima. And, you know, originally we'd been shooting for the 100th anniversary. Yeah. But what's funny <laughs> is, you know, we had this delay and we thought we reckoned that a failure until now we're in the weirdest I know time of all, and it feels like the movie is perfect for 2020. I know. You know? <laughs> well, d- Barbara, tell me a little bit about that. Why? Why? I mean, I know that the Spanish flu in 1917. Yeah. Is, is that the connection, or are there more? Well, that's one, right? I mean, so the movie, the Spanish flu, really hits hugely in 1918. Yeah. Um, and but you have World War One, and the ravages of World War One basically unleash the the flu, you know, in the trenches, and then yeah. it kills 50 million people. I know. I uh, we're sitting here, you know, because of tens of thousands infected, et cetera, and, you know, God willing, yeah. uh, it'll be ever to be manageable, but really, I mean, 10 50 million, million I know. people. I know. Uh, it, it's unthinkable. I know. So that, that was going on, but you also had just the tremendous um, instability of uh, the times, a political polarization very much like what we have. Uh, you have the left and the right, the you know the socialists slash Marxists um, against people who are you know individually individually centered and and theological right scripture spiritual people yeah, yeah, yeah. so in the same time the Fatima is unfolding in fact uh, the ra- the real story like uh, I think six months before the children saw the angel of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a priest in a neighboring village had been dragged out into the center of the square and beaten to death by oh, wow. communists in Portugal really? uh, because the tension was so hard between the church and the, and the Marxists, you uh-huh. know, they were sweeping through. So we have that, too, uh, going right. on, this yes. terrible, terrible polarization. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of weird how all these things are coming to a head in this moment and we have this message from a hundred years ago. That is, yeah, um, yeah, w- that waiting is still for relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think that something else that's a little well, so, th- that's different is that uh, Sister Lu- Lucia is no longer alive. Yes, and that um, Jacinta and uh, Francisco have been canonized. Mm-hmm. So how does that change the telling yeah. of the story? No, it definitely elevates it, right? You know, uh, I mean, especially the canonization of the two children. And um, but yeah, Lucia, um, you know, uh, her her moving on into heaven. Mm-hmm. That you know, definitely. Okay, now the story belongs to the ages. You know, and mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I think the question, you know, the interesting thing about Fatima is, you know, Lucia. Everybody was aware of her her whole life. Uh, because of Fatima, right? Mm-hmm. But you have other, you know, kind of tales of apparitions going around where the seers go in and out of, um, you know, right. <laughs> of public yeah. attention, yes. right? But yes. Lucia was always on everyone's radar, you yeah. know, in the church um, yes. as being the the last witness of mm-hmm. Fatima. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I think that uh, the stakes are high. That the church has spoken very for- um, authoritatively in saying. Um, 
you know, let pilgrimages come hither, and these yeah. children were saints. Yes. Um, and so that, uh, you know, that's a good moment to kind of look at what was it that transformed this little group of kids who were normal, you know, silly mm-hmm. little liking mm-hmm. to dance and mm-hmm. wanting, mm-hmm. you know, wanting more sugar yeah. uh, into doing uh, unbelievable sacrifices. The, if you ask me, the biggest miracle at Fatima wasn't the sun. Hmm. It was the transformation in the children, that they become these heroes of mortification and and uh, sanctification, that they're suddenly completely focused on heaven and hmm. getting there and, and on re- doing reparation for sin. Um, right. And they're, you know, 6, 8, and 11 yeah. or something, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's astounding. Yeah. Um, the producers of the film are not Catholic. In fact, I read that they they weren't even familiar with the Fatima story um, at first. How how is this story relevant to non Catholics? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, so some of the producers are Catholic, some were Christian, right? Some were kind of nothing. Okay. Um, but you so you have a, a kind of mix there. But one of the things that I found with the Europeans who came on board. Uh-huh who weren't necessarily, they don't identify as Christian, but they're very aware of Fatima. You know, Fatima as a place of pilgrimage is is in the European consciousness. Mm-hmm. It has been for a mm-hmm. hundred years. And, you know, along with Lourdes, it's probably the most, um, you know, frequented spot, site of pilgrimage in Europe. Mm-hmm. So um, they they are proud of it as that. And, and to tell the story behind the shrine is... One of the things the director said to me, you know, I want people to know the story behind the shrine. So okay. it's like, okay, good. Um, but when you talk about other relevance, you know, I mean, I think, I think that you could say there's probably three points. Um, one would be that that Fatima gives us a note of hope in a time where uh, we we don't have it. And even if I had a, I had a guy say to me in L.A. once, uh, he was a TV critic for the L.A. Times. And he said to me, even if you people are wrong, you know, he meant Christians, yeah. right? That we need you in this business because you bring a note of hope. It's so true. And I think that the Fatima story really brings a note of hope, right? It's that somewhere there is a God and he loves us. Mm-hmm. And he is mourning how far, you know, we have wandered into our, into our sin and it's causing us so much misery and specifically the misery of war, right? You know, that... that this absence of peace um, is the the fruit of the way that we have been living. Mm-hmm. So that's the second point that I would make that we have this yearning for peace in our hearts. Well, Fatima was a message of peace, right? In fact, the angel yeah. when he first came to the children, that's how he identified himself. I am the angel of peace, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you say, okay, well, um, what is it that Fatima has to say about peace? And I think that for Christians or non-Christians, Catholics or not, the, the message is you have to have peace in your own heart before you can ever have it in the world. You know, that war is just an expansion of the disorder of the soul. Yes. And so that um, problem of, well, what is it that leads to peace? And the movie suggests it's reconciliation, mm-hmm. that we have, to, um, we have to forgive one another. We have to live in the constant awareness that we are going to mess up but that um, we ultimately are worth more than our screw-ups, and mm-hmm. that we have to be, forbear one another, right? So, right. Uh, so this message of repentance, 
um, you know, from the uh, wandering, uh, going our own way. You know, I, I think that that is relevant regardless of whether you're mm-hmm. a Christian or not. Yeah. You know, and then finally, I would say Fatima has a message about pilgrimage, right? That uh, there's a line in a movie called Sabrina where she says, a famous movie with Audrey Hepburn, and uh, she says, Paris is always a good idea. Uh-huh. And what she means uh-huh. by that is, you know, <laughs> to go kind of pack yourself up and to go trudging to a holy place uh, occasionally in life restores us to what we what we should value gives us a new sense of mm. what matters. Um, and Fatima, as a place of pilgrimage, is that. Mm-hmm. you know. And when I went there myself, you know, I thought I was just doing research on a screenplay, but I ended up, you know, I was in the middle of a, kind of a bad breakup, and, and then suddenly I found peace there, <clears throat> which I wasn't expecting at all. Even being a Catholic, growing up with all this stuff, I, I didn't feel, I didn't uh, give credit to the power of the place and the action of going on pilgrimage. So the idea of, especially when everyone is in quarantine, mm-hmm. um, to say pilgrimages will be back in our lives and it's good to go on pilgrimage, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah. a good message yeah. uh, for everybody to hear. Okay, wow, I did not expect that one, but um, but it's so true that we need hope and peace always, um, especially now. Um, I was going to add that that one thing that I think is different is that the screenwriter is not someone who is outside of the church. So mm-hmm. I think that that's going to make a huge difference. I'm really looking forward to watching the film, Barbara. And thank you for for participating in telling the story and for telling us a little more about that today. It's a story of hope, and I think people will welcome it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Barbara Nicolosi. She's the screenwriter of the new film, Fatima, which is now scheduled to be released on August 14th, um, if you missed any part of this interview or to listen to it again, go to saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Lee Ressler, with the title track of his new album, Write My Story. Jesus, write my story. A tale of love that gives you glory. A flood of hope, a journey to your joy. I'm called to courage because I hear You call my name and there's no more fear You're living proof that love is conquering And you gave it all for free I will follow where you lead Because I'm called to love like you love
That was Lee Ressler with Write My Story from his new album of the same name. Now, we first met Lee Ressler in June 2019, um, but he has been in ministry for some 25 years, leading worship, playing concerts, recording music, and running retreats. He has just released his third album, Write My Story, and to tell us all about it, I am joined now by Lee Ressler. Lee, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome back, I should say. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Um, and, uh, I mean, the whole show we've been talking about, uh, the state of the world and, and social isolation. So I guess you're, you have, have you been declared a non-essential service? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But, but, uh, in Jesus' eyes, we're essential. So, um, yeah, we're just going to continue to, to pray and, and try to Amen. lead worship online. And Amen. Yeah. That has been super inspiring. A lot of people are doing that every, every, seems like every other night there's someone doing some, some live concert on Instagram or Facebook. So that's, that's pretty right. cool. Um, so this is the, correct. This is your third album, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Third full length. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I'm sort of trying to keep track of when the last one was, cause it was, it wasn't last year. It was a couple years ago. Um, yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, right, exactly. So it it took you a while to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you. I know you're busy doing other things, but were you thinking, I'm gonna do a new album eventually, or or was it like this is you know sometimes it's like a burning. You got all these songs that you know are meant to be in an album. How did how did that process uh, go for you that ended up in a, in this new album as a new album? Well, I mean, it. We've always. You know, we're always um, trying to move forward in our ministry and move forward with um, with what God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. And we so we always knew that there'd be there'd be more albums. Um, we just didn't know when, you know, with the timing that God had in store. Right. Um, so throughout that that throughout those years, um, you know, we had constantly been leading worship, uh, playing masses, um, leading retreats. Mm-hmm. And continuing this ministry, and then um, just recently, uh, my wife and I moved to Michigan from Kentucky, okay. and you did the seventy-five north or seventy-five um, north and south. Yeah, but that that highway, uh, I, I would have to drive it quite often because we would play in different places in Kentucky. Okay, and on that drive, um, I would ask the Lord, you know, what do you what do you want from me? Like, what do you want of me? I said, what's the best way to utilize this four-and-a-half-hour drive? So I called upon the Holy Spirit, and I said, you know, if you want this uh, this album written, you're going to have to give me the words. So sure enough, every time I would drive back and forth, these words would just come flooding in, and, and a melody wow. would just become flooding in, and, wow. and I'd have to use my um, my speak-to-text. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Which, which, which never gets anything correct, but... <laughs> 
I did it as best as I could. Oh, that's and while you're driving. That's great. <laughs> well, well, see, because I couldn't, I couldn't look down on my phone. Yeah, of right? course, of course. Yeah, stay safe. So I had yeah, to, yeah, I had yeah. to speak it into my phone. Oh, that's great. But I would get to Kentucky, where I'd get back here, and I look down at my phone, and and a whole song was written. So it's it's really we can't take credit for this album. It was the whole oh my experience. gosh, that's wonderful. So so uh, I think that's fairly unusual that you kind of sit down and and a whole album pours into you um, as opposed to uh, songs that you'd been written because I don't know are you the kind of uh, songwriter that is constantly writing or do you go through phases where you're kind of outputting and then performing like how do, what is that like for you well it's I'm, I'm constantly adding uh, voice memos into my phone <laughs> uh, when, you know whenever um, Whenever I feel inspired, whenever the Lord inspires me or the Holy Spirit inspires me, um, it'll be, it, it can be any time in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll wake up and, and sing a melody into my phone mm-hmm. and think, oh man, this is, this is awesome. This song is going to be so great. And then I listen to it the next morning and it's just the worst sounding thing you've ever heard. <laughs> always sounds, everything always sounds better at three in the morning. That's right. Um, so. So through through all of that, I mean, we're constantly I'm constantly um, jotting things down in, in yeah. my phone and, and hoping the Lord will make sense of all of it. Yeah, for sure. Now we just heard just before you came on, we were listening to the title track, "Write My Story," which I think I mean it's such a beautiful song, and I think is pretty clear. Um, but why does that song earn the title of the album, or the well, other way around? Um, I guess why did the album earn the title of that song? Yeah, that song came out of a place of fear. Really? You know, I, I didn't know what uh, God wanted of me, you know, and just like, I'm sure, just like a lot of us, you know, we're scared to death of, of thinking, you know, God, what do you want me to do? What's your will for me? Um, and so it came out of a place of fear, but if you, in the in the readings are perfect. Today is perfect. The solemnity of, solemnity of the Annunciation. Uh, annunciation. Of the Annunciation, of the yes. And it's it's perfect because uh, Mary's virtue was that she had this openness. Yeah. She wasn't afraid to to dream big. She wasn't afraid to um, to be open to the Lord in the, the most incredible, most amazing way. Mm-hmm. Um, she had no fear to be open. So, right. um, and that's what we're called to do, especially in today's climate of the world. You know, today's I know. Uh, yeah, you know, we're we're called to to not have fear because because the Lord will overcome. The Lord mm-hmm. will overcome, Amen. and that's that's something that we need to take to heart. So, write my story um, was written out of a place of fear. I didn't know what God was calling me to do, and I was kind of like afraid to ask Him um, what He wanted or ask Him for for all these these big things. And I realized that I need to surrender. I needed to say, Lord, you know what? I'm done with worrying. I'm done with the fear. It's your turn. I, you need to take the pen. You become the author of my life, and you write my story. Hmm. And so, I mean, that's that's where that song uh, came out of, in that place of fear. What a great uh, message right there, especially, as you said, in these times. that people are so afraid, and I don't know. I mean, it's hard enough to go through it believing in God, Right. I can't imagine what it's like to go through it for people who have no no faith, no hope. 
um, nothing mm. to hang on to, no no promise of, of heaven, not, not even heaven over in somewhere else, you know, like right here, like you said, Christ, not that he will overcome, he has overcome. It's, it's right. already happened, right? Um, so yeah. it, it's great. In fact, uh, you have a, another song, which we're going to end the show with, Change is Coming. And I love that also because that's what we're all praying for. Um, so you're always writing. You've just moved to Michigan. You're still doing concerts and, and retreats and, and, and leading worship. Um, are you writing more music? Is there another album coming down the pipes? Or do you think it's going to be another another season yet to we're just come. gonna we're just gonna trust whatever the holy spirit wants <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it so it worked it worked for you once uh that's right or before and hey, it, it, it worked for me since yeah from the beginning so. that's great so has it been easy for you i mean i can see in in one sense easy to surrender an album and say hey you know this is it's nothing to me if we have an album or we don't have an album but have you been mm-hmm. a- able to surrender everything else because it's it's harder to say I don't care if I have a job, <laughs> you know, it's the St. Paul, whether right. I'm rich or poor. Um, it, that's a little harder to do, isn't it? It is. It's it's very hard to do. And, I mean, um, you know, it's not just our ministry. You know, a bunch of other other people's ministries, um, you know, these other musicians that I know that, you know, have all these these events and these, these worship yeah, I know. nights. They're being canceled. Everything canceled. And, I know. And, you know, we're... We're no different, um, yeah. and so if that means that you know I find another job in the meantime, and mm-hmm. so be it. Because um, I mean, clearly the reading today showed me not to have fear and don't be afraid to to dream big, to ask the Lord for big things. So that's what we're going to continue to do, and it's it's not it's not like it's easy, right? Um, but it's it's doable because through Christ all things are, are made possible. Amen. Amen. That's a good uh, good word to end on. Good message of hope. That's what people need. So hopefully, uh, um, you know what? And the music too. I think that it's like this is the best time. I hope people are just sitting back and listening to a lot of music. And uh, that's right. And and as as you heard Lee say, people concerts are being canceled events are being canceled so go to people's you know artists websites go to Lee's website and buy his music because then you're supporting his ministry um, and I say that of course about Lee Ressler because we're talking to you Lee but uh, but all your our Catholic artists that uh, we are you know we need to support them um, Lee so good to talk to you um, thank you for what you're doing love the new album and uh, and stay in touch so we can get you back on the right, show thank soon thank you Okay. Thank you so much. You can learn all about Lee Ressler and his music and purchase his new album, Write My Story, at LeeResslerMusic.com. That's Ressler, R-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. I know it's hard to spell, so I'm going to put that link on our website, saltandlighttv.org, so you can find it easily. Um, We spoke to Lee Ressler earlier this week on, as he said, on the Feast of the Assumption on uh, Wednesday, March 25th. Here now is Lee Ressler with Change Is Coming from his new album, Write My Story. This town is ready for a change Ready to awaken, ready to be shaken 
record on repeat. We've fallen back into the same routine. Overplayed and stopped. We're listening to Lee Wrestler with Change Is Coming from his new album, Write My Story, and we do hope that change is coming. Thank you, Lee, for that song. Um, that's going to take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org. That's also where you can learn about all our featured guests and artists, saltandlighttv.org. And remember that you can subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, so no excuses for not listening to the show. If you want to reach me, I am at Deacon Pedro GM. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and also, reluctantly, on Instagram. Um, Thank you for being with us this week. These are difficult times, but remember that after Lent, no matter how long that Lent is, there is always Easter. Stay safe, stay in prayer, and as Lee Ressler is singing, change is coming. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.